finishes him. How about that? One. What a hit. Falls free on the ground. South Carolina deserves to have it, and they do. Oh, he has trouble with the snap, and the ball is free. It's picked up by Michigan State. Jalen wants Jackson, and he scores on the last play of the game. Unbelievable. Way to the end zone, and Georgia is going to conquer the Crimson Tide. You got barbecue back there, and you didn't invite me. Welcome Serial Bowls, folks. We made it. This is the best week of the college football year. The best week of the actual year for me. I don't. I mean, the college football just makes it, but the, the rest of the week is great. What do, you, what do you think about this week, Patrick? Yeah, it's all the great games this week. Rivalries, heated, you know, fan bases going at it. It's always ends up being a good time, and there's football on like basically every day this week. That's more meaningful. It's not a bunch of bullshit games on, you know, a Thursday night, but... I love Rival Week. Coinciding with Thanksgiving is fantastic. Um, it's like two of my favorite things, college football and a lot of food. So, Yep. All right, let's get to some news quickly. Um, no firings to report yet, but Neil Brown at West Virginia is probably on the outs if sources are to be believed. It is five. What about uh, on the um... East Coast? And Lane Kiffin has not been There it is. There it is. As the yeah, that is the hot rumor yesterday. Um, a TV reporter who covers Mississippi State said that was going to happen. Uh, Lane himself said, I don't think so. He posted a few tweets about it. Um, still, the rumors are flying. But at, like I said, as of right 23 Eastern, uh, he is still the head coach at Ole Miss. Actually, I just got a... Um report that he is now the offensive coordinator for the Georgia Bulldogs. Um, sorry to say it. Uh, wow, they fired I mean, Todd Munkin. Um, he sucks. Lane Kiffin's king. I'm, what, I, what I'm surprised about is that they brought in former Chicago Bears head coach Matt Nagy to be the head coach, and Kirby is now the defensive coordinator at Notre Dame. Um, kind of a crazy whirlwind coaching carousel but that's uh, college football like last year we had Brian Kelly Lincoln Riley this year Matt Nagy and Kirby Smart yep uh, in unfortunate news Hendon Hooker blew his knee out uh, torn ACL so that ends his Tennessee career um, tough to see that he was certainly shaping up to make a Heisman run um, that's no longer the case uh, and in other unfortunate news Sports announced today that the NCAA football game will not be coming out this coming summer, as initial reports indicated. Instead, we're going to have to wait till the summer of 2024. That's the real doozy for me. The 2024 release date? Yeah. Yeah, I it's thought... uh, it's video games, man. They're always they always just at least they gave us a date that's like really far out, so it can be made right. I guess I don't know. I just want to play my football game. Give me that nostalgic video game back, please. Yeah, exactly. All right, let's get to the week twelve recap before we move on to the big week ahead. Uh, up top, UC, USC forty eight, UCLA forty five. Um, my takeaway is USC can't keep getting away with this. 
They yeah. cause four turnovers again. They're basically 2021 Iowa with the turnover luck, except they have an elite all. There. It's really weird to have um, that many turnovers on in your favor in this game and only win by three. Hey, and allow 45 points. Yeah, it's very weird to me. But USC, again, got away with it. And it's not weird to me. Like Their a, defense sucks. Yeah, it's 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 just their their defense is on a historic pace with generating turnovers. I think they're at like plus twenty right now. Yeah, um, which is insane. Like it could be the best ever, and yet their defense is kind of cheeks. It's so uh, bad. I mean, yeah. in, in this game, like granted, this is probably like one of the few actual good offenses they've played, and Dorian Thompson Robinson carves them up. Uh, Four hundred total yards. Um, six touchdowns by himself, uh, 5.8 yards per carry, eight, eight yards passing, um, did have the three picks, but Zach Charbonnet, five yards of carry, like absolutely torched them on the ground. Um, it, it's just, yeah, I just don't, this team is 10 and one somehow and has their defense hasn't looked impressive once, I guess, maybe on the road at Oregon state, they only allowed 14 points. Um, yeah, it's just. You know, 35 uh, points to Cal, I think, says it all. I mean, it's just like their defense 28 points against Stanford. Their defense may be bad, but what they've done with the star studded transfer class and having the best offensive coach in sport, they can just get away with it right now. I don't know if that's going to hold up in, um, uh, you know, playoff play. Yeah. Um, yeah, I have so let's say right now, well, the top four, Georgia. Uh, Ohio State, Michigan, TCU. One of those are probably going to get ousted um, between the Ohio State, Michigan, and we have USC in the playoffs. Are they going to be a four seed? Georgia's going to be able to stop this, you know. Yeah, I mean the the offense is insane. Like Caleb Williams is probably going to win the Heisman, and he probably should. Sure, yeah. Four seventy passing. Yeah, yeah, like five hundred yards down. himself in this game. <laughs> Yeah, like it was crazy. Even without Travis Dye being out, that's why I thought something would have a bigger effect on the USC offense. Austin Jones stepped right in, two touchdowns, one twenty, uh, almost six yards of carry. And Jordan Addison, like you said, the transfer class, he went off in this game. He's been dealing with a lot of like health issues. He's kind of been in and out, but he was all the way in for this game. Eleven catches, one hundred and seventy-eight yards, um, and a touchdown. I mean, he he was all over the place. And like you said, yeah, this defense. It doesn't matter how bad they are when you have. Williams and Addison. Yeah, there's like some cool plays where like they had Addison in the backfield and um yeah. It's like UCA UCLA's defense is like, oh, he's playing running back. We're good. We're fine. And then he does a real yeah. well for a touchdown. <laughs> yeah, be like, oh, never mind. But yeah, I mean, I think if DTR didn't turn the ball over so much in this game, they probably would have won. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what it comes down to. Um and USC escaped again, much to my chagrin. Um, we'll talk more about them uh, in the Week 13 preview. Um, but if you're listening now, you can probably guess how fraudulent we both think these guys are. Um, speaking of teams escaping in their greatest escape yet, the TCU Houdinis, 29, Baylor, 28. Um, this was crazy for me because, I mean, they just find a way. They, yeah, they, so we they, just I, talked about how U, USC can't keep getting away with it, but TCU can keep getting away with yeah. it. Yeah, <laughs> like they definitely yeah. can. Um, 
this what an insane sequence at the end of the game too. Usually, like if you are trying to get a better positioning for a field goal, you would do a run a run play, spike the ball, then kick the field goal. Sonny Dykes, right. uh, in hilarious fashion, was like, "No, no, no, no! I'm going to change the game." And he decides to spike the ball, then run it, and then have a just clown car, just fire drill, run the field goal team out there. We got 16 seconds left to kick this field goal. Just crazy. Um, and the yeah. kicker nails yeah. it. Spike run combo, like you said, that was innovative. I um, mean, you know, he said after the game they practice that every week. He said they can do it in 10, 11 seconds. They had. To get this one off, um, it was 17 actually. Um, and yeah, to your point about that kick, that would have been good from a hundred. That kid, yeah. like he, like that was like a Tiger Woods bomb off the off the tee box. Like he hit that. Like I, it was up. It was probably like 20 yards away from actually going in, and the TCU fans were celebrating. Like yeah. that's how pure he hit that. <laughs> yeah, like I, I couldn't believe it. I thought they're gonna run him out there. He's gonna shank it. No, I mean that we had we had Justin we had Justin Tucker out there. I mean, what a I mean, yeah, that was crazy. But again, TCU, uh Quentin Johnson went out in this game. Conjure Miller went out in this game, but Max Duggan and the TCU offense found a way to win. Yeah. Uh, despite yeah, they, they were they were sputtering for a while, but they had a crazy fourth quarter comeback. The defense stood tall when they need to. And I just want to give the old tip of the hat to Tay Barber, uh TCU wide receiver. He set a season high in catches and yards for them when, like we said, they really needed weapons. Um, you know, a lot of guys were out with injuries and TCU needed answers and he, he was able to provide them. Um, but for me, Max Duggins to start of this game, almost 400 yards of total offense. Yeah. He had a like career defining drive at the end of the game. Yeah. yeah. Like the one leading up to it, he was just covered in blood and shit. Uh, yeah. Great. He had so much blood on him. Yeah. Was, um, but he, like, he's a gamer. TCU, I know they like to have like they're usually like purple, white, and black with the little red accents. I think that's yeah. taking it too far. Yeah, it's taking it a little too far. Yeah. He's, that guy's always putting the team in front of him. He's like, I like the red too, coach. And it's like, what the hell are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> He's just slicing himself on the sidelines. Yeah. Up. yeah. Um, and Baylor, I mean, it's tough to feel like you didn't let this one get away. This has been kind of a disastrous season uh, for a Baylor. Yeah. Really good. Last year, they won the Sugar Bowl. Um, in addition to winning the Big 12, they moved on from Gary Bohannon, went with the young kid Blake Shapin. Um, I don't think they anticipated being six and five and four and four in the Big 12 right now. Um, so yeah, it's um, it's not great. Um, the Blake Shapin experiment didn't really kind of backfire in their face. Um, I don't think Gary Bohannon is necessarily doing as well, no. um, elsewhere. I think is he at UCF, US USF. USF. Yeah, he's at USF. I think he like missed this. He's you know injured for the rest of the season or something. Yeah. But I think they're right. That nucleus they had last year seemed to be it, and they did didn't have they don't have an identity without that. So it's been kind of a just trying to get by this season with what they got, and it's not really working out for them. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, tough one for Baylor. Uh, tough one for Dave Miranda. Um, I don't know. They've got things going well there. It's just this season has been, I think when we do our, our, our 2022 autopsy, um, I think that's going to be kind of one of the teams we really want to take a, a deeper look at and, and see what the hell happened there. Oh, by the way, we're going to do some t- 2022 autopsies. I, I thought about that earlier. Haven't told you yet, Patrick. I'm not along with the rest of the listeners right now. Damn. Yeah. Boom. We're done, done. Pro- production meetings on the episodes. No one grinds like we do. 
Uh, all right, next up, Oregon 20, Utah 17. This was a flip of last year when Oregon got punked twice by just a more physical uh, Utah team. Yeah, they flipped the script. Uh, yep, for U- sure. Utah just couldn't move the ball in this game. Cam Rising was bad. Um, four Cam Rising was very bad. <laughs> just straight up, four and a half yards to throw, three picks. Um, just their longest passing play. Sorry, their longest play period was 18 yards. That's not going to get it done. <laughs> no, not at all. I, w- I was a bit interested in this game in terms of, you know, how the Ducks would react as yeah. losing to them twice and getting their ass last year and Bo Nix being hobbled in this game. Um, they they can move the ball with, you know, with Bo Nix at 25%, you know. Um, yeah. Dante Thornton they didn't get, had yeah, just four games for 151 yards. I mean, they were able to pass the ball really well in this game. Um, and it seemed that Oregon's defense stepped up, stopped Utah's run, made Utah one-dimensional, throwing the ball, and all Cameron Rising could do is throw it to his big-ass tight end, Dalton Kincaid. Um, yeah. And that was about it. That's all she wrote for Utah. Yeah. Um, tough one for the use to drop. Oregon, um, obviously – Dropping that game um, to Washington really ended their their playoff hopes, but I, I think um, they matched up pretty well with USC for that Pac-12 title. Um, so I, I think that's going to be a fun game to watch. And uh, yeah. I think, spoiler alert, I think there there will be no playoff implications at all in that game. I think it'll be for a trip to the Rose Bowl. Yep. Um, all right, this is uh, on to the next game. One of truly the most baffling score lines of the season. Yeah, man. Um, uh, Spencer Rattler is a listener of the show for sure. <clears throat> yeah. South Carolina, 63, Tennessee, 38. Yeah. What the hell happened here? To Yeah. Like you said, to reigning dud of the week, Spencer Rattler. Here, here's the Gamecocks first five drives, uh, which are all touchdown drives to open the game. Nine plays, 75 yards. Five plays, 65. Seven plays, 64. Seven for 74. And another nine play for 75-yard touchdown drive. This was not one of those games where, oh, there's a special teams uh, touchdown. Uh, The offense has a short field, and they capitalized really quickly. This was Tennessee's defense being awful and just getting carved in Turkey, you know, know, because it's it's Thanksgiving week, um, by Spencer Rattler. I mean, good gracious. Yeah, um, this game, like, I think a lot of people's perception of Spencer Rattler was he's not as good as he was the past few years, but he's got that – he's got too much natural talent to be yeah. shitty for a while. So, like, a lot of – you know, the, the thought was you'll probably do it to somebody one time. And right. it, it was probably a big – one of the biggest games for South Carolina – beating the shit out of Tennessee and just ruining their hopes, the Volunteers' hopes of having a, play, a playoff appearance. Yeah. But um, <clears throat> it's pretty – like uh, Tennessee fans will always, you know, cherish and remember that crazy night uh, beating Alabama, upsetting them at home, the party afterwards. They'll always remember that. Me, the viewer, will always remember them getting – stomped by Georgia and South Carolina. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right after that. That's yeah. cute you beat Bama. You yeah. got South Carolina dropped 60 on your ass. Yeah, I mean this was 
and then uh yeah i mean rattler was hyper efficient they couldn't really stop them on the ground either south carolina had 150 on the ground um i mean i mean what can you say about this game <laughs> I mean, it's it wasn't it wasn't plays. that like hooker tore his acl the first drive and they're like oh god right it, hooker tore his acl in the third quarter fumbled the ball and then south carolina said damn that sucks let me score a touchdown real quick right after that <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that was tough because they came back from break because he was hurt, and then the ref was like, "Oh, also by the way, yeah, that was a turnover as well." Yeah, uh, whoops. Um, yeah. yeah, and so on top of like, because like you said, yeah, the hooker injury was late. They were going to lose no matter what in this game. So to lose not only the game, your playoff chance, probably your New Year's Six chance, depending on how uh, the Iron Bowl Iron Bowl goes this week, uh, and you're like. Heisman contender quarterback like is there any fan base that has had a worse three hours this yeah. season yeah it's true because going really into true. going into that game it was like we're chilling we're getting mad about TCU we're getting pissed off about TCU and how much like they keep escaping they never handle an SEC schedule and apparently neither can y'all um I mean I just oof Boy, the, the pride comes before the fall, and, and it came quickly. Yeah, I think, you know, with this game, Tennessee's problems showing up again. Their defense is not that great. I mean, they got a good line up front, but if they can't get pressure to the quarterback, then the rest is suspect as hell, and they're getting cooked. And that's exactly what happened. Yeah, I mean, this was – like I said, I just never – I mean, I think the pregame spread on this was Tennessee by three touchdowns. Yeah. This is just not the type of game I expected Tennessee to lose. Uh, yeah, and uh, look at that. They have a wide receiver named Squirrel. I just realized that. that yeah. That's absolutely fantastic. Um, anyways, yeah. Uh, have fun next year, I guess, without uh, – I guess Hooker would be coming back for another year, right? Or is he yeah, going to the draft? He said he's going pro. Damn. Well, let's see if Joe Milton III can step up next year. Yeah, Cedric Tillman's probably gone. Yikes. Uh, Highlight, he doesn't he's a junior, but after his season this year, he's probably gone. Princeton Fent is probably gone. Um uh oh. Um yeah, that's 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 my take on Tennessee. All right, let, let's get some quick <laughs> <clears throat> before the Tennessee game here. Every other top five team was struggling. It was it was very funny to see all the up TCU escaped. The, the next three we're going to talk about escaped. Tennessee did not. Um, first up, Ohio State forty three, Maryland thirty. This game was actually closer than that. Ohio State got a late punt uh, block touchdown to extend the game there, but Ohio State was in trouble here for much of the game. Tungavailoa yeah. uh, is. Um, I, I remember a few years ago, I was listening to the 247 podcast, and they say whether they're, uh, their quarterbacks are either bus drivers or fighter pilots. Uh, Tilly is a fighter pilot, and it's to his detriment sometimes. He got hurt again in this game, but um, he makes plays happen, and, and, they had, and Maryland squarely had Ohio State on the ropes in this game. Yeah, I kind of feel for uh, Tualia. Just he's all he's always gets hurt. Like he had a, a pretty damn good game uh, yeah, overall. He's not a big fella, um, and when you get hit by those Ohio State D linemen who are all very big fellas, um, it's just physics at a certain point. 
Um, but yeah, he had a good game. Um, Ohio State did do a very good job of shutting down Roman Hemby for the Terrapins. He's had a really good year. Um, completely bottled up. Uh, only 39, y- 39 yards, long run of six. Um, but, I mean, Stroud didn't look very good in this game. Yeah, same old, same old week in, week out with Ohio State Buckeyes. They're number two, and every week you're like, eh, I mean, they're, they're there. Like, I'm not – I haven't been impressed once this season with the Buckeyes. Um I mean, I still don't think they can run the ball at all. Yeah, Day, uh, what's his name, Dallin Hayden. Yeah, had about 150 yards, 5.4 average carry. But Trayvon Henderson's clearly hurt. Um, I just, I, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I'll, I'll, we'll know this weekend. We'll know. Yeah, this is. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about it here. Yeah, this is like you said. Henderson looked hurt. Hayden was was kind of was more just like a war of attrition he just kept running and like eventually they sort of wore maryland down but yeah stroud wasn't great they were making mistakes um maryland had a lot of juice in this game and could have rolled over a couple times and just especially so it was it was 13 10 maryland at halftime Ohio state came out in the the third quarter and dropped 17 straight on them and maryland just wouldn't quit and you have to think maybe ohio state is looking ahead i think michigan certainly was but yeah, I just have a lot of questions about this Ohio State team. Um, you know, it's not necessarily their fault, um, but their schedule has been pretty weak this year. Um, pretty down Big Ten. Um, the Notre Dame game, I guess it looks that that's the better one than it looked like, you know, three or four weeks ago. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, a down Wisconsin, a down Michigan State, a down Iowa, a, a pretty good Penn State. You know. Ohio State's not really had the opportunity to test themselves, which is a little uncommon for the Big Ten. Um, but I don't know. I just it just kind of feels like they've never really been their best, right? And I mean, made, made that Iowa game. Yeah, they're struggling in that one too. And then um, what's his name, Junior? Um, I don't want to mispronounce it, but I'm, oh no, JT Tuomalu. When he just went off in that game, but. They just I and mean, that's the thing is they have those those players who can just step up and take over a game on both sides of the ball and not only at quarterback, at running back and wide receiver, and then all three levels of the defense. But I just haven't seen them play a complete game yet. And I think it'd be very appropriate um if they just dropped it all on Michigan. Yeah. Um yeah, uh it's we'll talk about it later, but I know a lot of people are like, I can't wait to see what Ohio State's been saving them for Michigan. I'm like, ah, I don't know. They've been saving yeah. a lot. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Speaking of Michigan, 19 to 17 over Illinois in a game Michigan probably should have lost. Um, yes. I, I think Ohio State, if I would use different, Ohio State held off Maryland, Michigan escaped Illinois. Yeah, it uh like this is a classic Trace Brown running performance for Illinois, and they tried to sit on it, and just Michigan was able to just squeak by. Um, Blake Corm got hurt in this game, running back for the Wolverines. That's something to watch for going into this weekend. If they don't have him suited up this weekend, yeah, uh, give me the Buckeyes by whatever the spread is. Yeah, um, because they cannot rely on this team with what else they have behind him and J.J. McCarthy throwing the ball. I was just – I don't know if Michigan was, um, to use a hockey parlance here, like gripping their sticks too tight on the comeback attempt. But on that last drive, McCarthy sailed a throw. Like it was nowhere close. 
and we had a couple drops. We had a lot of mental mistakes from Michigan because this is another team that's not really been tested this year. Yeah, uh, they haven't found themselves in close games like we like we said with Ohio State. The Big Ten is down. Michigan's uh, non-con schedule is I mean, <laughs> laughable. Colorado State, Hawaii, and I mean, whoa, hold on, UConn, bowl eligible UConn. That's a good win. It's a great win. Um, yeah, they also struggled with Maryland a little bit. Um, but, yeah, I, I feel like we just haven't seen Michigan play its best game yet either. Uh, maybe that Penn State game. But I, I don't know. Maybe we can just excuse them as looking ahead to Ohio State. But this is they were down in this game, and I, they don't seem like the type of team that can pass their way back into a game, something they could very easily find themselves – they could easily find themselves in that situation on Saturday. Yeah, yeah. So I think the, the key for this game this weekend is to determine who is more physical – across the board and that is going to whoever it is is going to win the game yeah so michigan escapes illinois that's got to hurt for illinois um two straight losses for them um they might have played themselves out of the big 10 west championship or they would have had the privilege to lose to ohio state or michigan again so yeah maybe it's not so bad all right here's another one here i'm seeing reports that georgia only beat kentucky 16 to 6 not worried about it not even not 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 even even not even a little okay uh yeah, this is every uh, you know you'd say Georgia being frauds during this game, but <clears throat> I wasn't concerned at all at all this game. It's Kirby Smart knows who he's going up against with Kentucky, and he's like, I mean, we can just run it down their throat. They're not going to do shit, and they didn't. Like can, the only I think Kentucky had a nine play, ninety nine yard touchdown drive that was like a pretty big time drive, but that was it. That was the only drive they had. And they had one last year, like of the same quality, 99-yard touchdown drive. And Georgia still handily wins by double digits. Um, it's it's just the special teams were bad for Kentucky. Levis just it ain't it. Um, the only really takeaway I have at this is like pre-title Georgia, this, this game is just a classic recipe of finding ways to lose. But – they just continue. They know what they have. And they know how to get it done when nothing is working, and that you know separates good to great teams. Yeah, I mean, yeah, this, this is just stuck in the mud. I think Georgia is already kind of has Atlanta on their mind, um, and yeah, I mean, there's whatever. Like, like you said, I'm not too worried about Georgia here. Um, all right, moving on, studs and duds. Uh, I'll start my stud, Benjamin Morrison, freshman cornerback for Notre Dame. He had three picks on Saturday um, against a truly hapless Boston College team. Um, Notre Dame just wrecked their shit 44-0 in this game, and then just the three picks were just the encapsulation. Um, nothing Boston College was doing was working, and Morrison's a true freshman. He had the big pick six um, in the Clemson game. He had another interception in that Clemson game. Um, and then three on Saturday. So, shouts out to him. Yeah. Who, who's your stud, Patrick? Um, my stud was last week's dud. Ooh, the dud, right. dud pipeline. That's right. Spencer Rattler with a complete 180. Um, 30 for 37, 438 yards, and six big touchdowns. Say, way, to, way to go, Rattler. Just try to do that more than once a year. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> yeah. That'd be nice. Um, I mean, I remember preseason, I said he'd do it in the first half against Georgia. 
and then George yeah. would come back. But no, he saved it. He saved it for a full game against Tennessee. He, he, he's a he's a Georgia fan, so he's like, I'll show you Tennessee. I see. Yeah, I mean, he is a listener, so it makes sense. Yeah. Uh, all right, who's your dad? My dad's uh, Drake May, UNC quarterback, um, 16 for 30. <laughs> Stinky. Uh, 16 for 30, 202 yards, and an interception against a loss 21-17 to Georgia Tech. Yeah. Yikes. That's that, that that's bad. What we doing here, Mac Brown? What we doing? Yeah. And in my – we just talked about the dud-to-stud pipeline. In a rare double dud-to-stud, stud-to-dud – uh, parlay here. My dad is John Reese Plumley. Mm, yep, Eleven yep. of eighteen, one hundred and seven passing, seven yards rushing, and he got benched in a seventeen fourteen loss to Navy that may have tanked UCF's chance at a New Year's Six bowl. Nice there is nothing more demoralizing as a team to than like as a quality team to lose to Navy because you're just like great sixty three rushes. We can't stop this. <laughs> Please yeah. help us. And dude, Notre Dame plays them every year because of some World War II thing that happened that if you ever mention maybe Notre Dame shouldn't play fucking Navy every year, everyone loses their mind and is like, what about World War II? They saved the college. And it's just like, okay, all right, but please, I don't think World War II has anything to do with our with our D-line and getting their knees, do- knees dove at for three hours <laughs> yeah, every year. And dude, wanna... it's, playing them sucks, especially when you're Notre Dame. Because Navy just empties the tank. They're doing onside kicks. They're doing trick plays. They're th- passing the ball for once. And you're like, please stop. I'm dying here. Please leave me alone. I think any team from here on out needs to stop scheduling triple option teams. Because, like, before you – they're going to the week like we got this. And before you know it, you're down 7-0 after, like, a 15-minute drive. And it's halftime. You're like, what? Yeah, you've had the, you've had the ball for three and a half total minutes. Yeah. You're just like, oh, God. Yeah. Not great. Yeah, it's 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 hell. Losing to them is hell. Um, all right, let's get to fire's ass. Uh, building off your dud, my fire's ass is Mac Brown. It's time. It's, it's, it's time, dude. Passed you by. I didn't want to say it before. I didn't want to be accused of ageism. You can't handle this shit. You lost to Georgia Tech, dog. Get yeah. out of here. It was looking pretty bad the first week of this season. You're like, damn. This is not going to be good. And then UNC kind of had a pretty quality good season going forward. And then there's a dud. There's there's the you know we found the shit the dog shit in the house. We found it. Yeah. <laughs> UNC. I mean, what the hell, Mac Brown? I mean, it's pretty yeah. Because going into this game, everyone was like, "Hey, they went out. They beat Clemson in the ACC title game. Maybe they should get in the playoff. Their only loss is Notre Dame." And I was like, "I mean, actually, what?" when you compare it to a lot of the other teams, that makes sense to me, but mm-hmm. <laughs> nope. <laughs> um, had, had your shot here and yeah, a loss of Georgia tech is uh, even if you were undefeated going into this game, losing to Georgia tech and, and an interim coach, Georgia tech, that's disqualifying. Yeah. Um, not great. I wouldn't be surprised. He'd probably say on for the year, but uh, what is Drake may is Drake may he's a freshman, right? Sophomore, yeah, they'll be they're gonna ride with them, but yeah, yeah. not not a great you know, you, you gotta win those games, dog. You just gotta, you can't get embarrassed by Georgia Tech. You sure can't. Let's see, Drake, Drake. Drake. was at home too, right? Certainly not at home. Well, oof, 
he is 20 years old. That doesn't tell me what. Okay, he is a sophomore. Yeah. And yeah. his brother, Luke, was a Tar Heel. Oh, really? I didn't know that. That was a basketball player from UNC. How about that? Mm, I guess sounds familiar, yeah. Um, all right. Sorry. That's not what we're talking about here, but we are mentioning college basketball. Maryland ranked number 23. We love to see it. He peppers that in whenever he can, folks. He peppers that in whenever he can. <laughs> all right. Let's get to this week's games. Um, oh, hang on. My, my fire his ass is Gus Malzahn. Oh, yeah. Right. Sorry. That's it. We'll just move on. Like, Gus, come on, bro. Yeah. Oof. Come on. Yeah. He, he saw maybe an SEC job was opening. He, got, he took his eye off the ball. Uh, lost to the troops. That's a tough one. He saw Auburn. He's like, can I go back? Can yeah, I go back? Yeah, and he just like, dropped all the plays everywhere. And, you know, the Navy reconnaissance team, they're very experienced over there. It was all over. Mm-hmm. All right, let's get to week 13. We're going to go in chronological order here. Um, I mean, this is the best part. You get, you know, 65 games between 130 teams, and it's spread out over a few days. So you get to watch a lot more of it. Um, yeah. something I wish would happen more often. Let's have games on a random Friday in October. Start them at noon. I'm not working. Who cares? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let, let me check out of work earlier, please. Yeah. No problem for Whoa. me. We got Friday games in October. Thanksgiving must be around the corner. Time for me to check out. Yeah. For the entire, you can see me in February. Yeah. See you later. Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Thanksgiving night, 7 o'clock ESPN. Ole Miss is two-and-a-half-point favorites. And, you know, you got to talk about it. The Kiffin rumors are hanging heavy over this game. Uh, according to reports, he just met with his team this evening. Uh, it's Tuesday as we record this. And assure them he had not accepted another job yet. And his only focus was Mississippi State. I don't know, man. It feels fishy. It feels like he hasn't – uh, issued an outright denial. He hasn't said, "Hey, I'm not going anywhere." He just said, "Hey, I haven't yeah. accepted an offer yet." And it that just feels very fishy to me. This this is like Tom Brady situation where the news got dropped before he could release it himself. Where he's like, "Fuck, and now, yeah." Now I got to play clean up on Twitter. Like, look at this cheeky book I'm reading. Yeah. Ooh, I'm reading about the Egg Bowl. I'm making fun of the reporter. Yeah. But, <laughs> yeah. I'm a. The stick, you know, it's, you can kind of see through it a little bit, although it would be very funny if he didn't end up taking the job. Yeah. Anyways, if he loses the Mississippi State, he might as well take the job. Yep. <laughs> yeah, you might as well be like, all right, see you later. Uh, yeah, this game um, has got some – I don't. it doesn't have as many implications as a lot of the games this weekend. Um, it's yeah, just it's, the, egg, the Thursday night egg bowl is always – you know, you, you always get something good that ends – Within the egg bowl, you could have a guy acting like a dog, pissing in the end zone, makes your team uh, miss the extra point to tie the game, and then you lose. Get, um, you got everyone fired in that game. Yeah, because uh, Eli- that's Elijah Moore, right? Yeah, yeah. He's Kirk, like, I got. It. <laughs> yeah, let's see. Yeah, he. You want to see a dead body? That was an insane game to watch live. I remember they scored, they come back, and I was like, this is crazy. I can't believe this is happening. I love this. This is awesome. And then he did that, and the kicker missed the kick. Yeah, there's just a lot of uh, – of um, I don't know how to say this right, but there's a lot of things that Ole Miss needs to win this game for 
One being the Lane Kiff, Kiffin saga going on that broke last night. Two uh, being the questions of like the you know how like these SEC stadiums like Alabama and Georgia and all those like turn off the lights and do all the crazy shit and everything. Someone posted a video. Here's Ole Miss. And it's just like them turning the the stadium lights on and off with a switch. <laughs> and it's just there's like, a lot of things like, <laughs> like a substitute teacher trying to get a class to be yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that, <laughs> okay. I'm gonna leave a note. <laughs> yeah, so that Mike Leach might do some crazy shit in this game, um, that bozo. But I think Ole Miss is going to win this game. I think Lane Kiffin is going to stay on as Ole Miss coach. Um, I, I mean, I, I don't understand why. Everyone knows, like, his job he wants is the Bama job. Everyone knows this. I don't understand why he would go to Auburn. I get the money. I get the money and everything, but you could argue it's Auburn's one national championship. They can get a better player. Yeah, it's because Auburn. It's basically in Georgia, isn't it? If I remember correctly, like it's very close to Atlanta. So I, I I think maybe he just thinks it'd be easier to recruit for a national championship there. We've seen coaches do that before, Brian Kelly specifically. Uh, maybe just like Brian Kelly, Lane Kevin's af- afraid of the grind. That's right. He is. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, in this game last year, Ole Miss killed them. Uh, Mississippi State came back in the end to make it look a little more respectable. But as, as far as this game goes, I don't know. That Ole Miss defense has looked really bad down yeah. the stretch here. Yeah. That Alcazar game was not great last but, week. I mean, Leach just runs the same old shit everywhere he goes. So, yeah. I don't know. I think I'm going to say the distractions are too much. I think the Bulldogs win this one. Oh, shit. Okay. Right. Is it in Starkville or is it in Oxford? It's in Oxford. All right, never mind. I'm taking Ole Miss. Oh, there we go. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to switch. Around. Yeah, I thought this was in Starkville for some reason. Right, who we got? Who we got next? We got what? Tulane, Cincinnati, noon yeah, Friday, and yeah, ABC. Yep. Yeah. Favorites, big G five game. That's um, an implication. Cincinnati doesn't lose at home. They do not. Um, They're thirty two straight, I think, at home. Yeah, um, but but Cincinnati is bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well. uh I think this is going to be a defense battle in this game. Both of these teams have yeah. the top two defenses in the AAC. Um, titles on the line. I think this is going to be a very hard fought game. It's going to be a nice Friday kickoff. You're going to be, you're going to be making like an incredible leftover turkey sandwich with the stuffing, the cranberry sauce, the gravy, the mashed potatoes on it. Oh shit! Like I'm hungry now. And then you're gonna have this game on the background. But then I'm taking the green wave here. I think they are – Cincinnati plays a more consistent game in the air, and they're pretty solid defensively in all phases. But give me the green wave, baby. It's Tulane's time. It's – I agree. I, I just – that Brian is bad. He's just not a good enough quarterback. It's just such a downgrade from Ritter to – Yeah. To and, like, plus there's no drone forward this year. Um, Cincinnati's still very good. But, yeah, to your point, it's Tulane's time. It's time for the green wave to to rise up. 
Um, yeah, and yeah, I like them out right here. And to to get the driver's seat, I think I'll put them. You know, it definitely will put them in the AAC title game, uh, possibly with a rematch with uh, Central Florida. Yep, yep, yep. All right, it's time. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm doing the cartoon right. wolf noises. I'm hitting myself with hammer. I'm blowing the big train whistle. Oh, it's Ohio State. Yeah, that's a, a woo. Yeah, I'm sweating. I'm just like, yeah. New noon Fox Gus Johnson on the call. Big Ten title implications, national title implications, playoff implications. I mean, what more could you ask for? This game gets hyped up all year long. Everyone knows from the second the season kicks off, Fox has this game on noon. It'll be on. It'll be the most watched game of the day. Yeah. Um, and this year, it's, it's living out to it. I mean, I love this shit. I think this is like, especially now that Michigan's actually won a game, I think this is what kind of rockets its back into one of the best rivalries in college football. Um, <laughs> what can you say? I'm just, I'm, I'm pumped for this game. I think we, we talked about it a little bit with, with how both these teams played last week. There's basically one of two ways this game goes. Um, Ohio State runs past them or Michigan runs over Ohio State. I think um, whichever game state it, it, like cause Michigan just wants to dictate tempo. They want to run the ball. Ohio State wants to dictate tempo. They want to pass the ball. Whichever game uh, the other team is forced to play, Michigan's not going to be able to win a shootout. And from what we've seen, I don't think Ohio State can win a, a rushing battle. Northwestern was pushing them around. Northwestern is one of the worst G- Power 5 teams I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, yeah, uh, I just I had to look it up right now, but to see if Jackson Smith and Jigba is gonna be returning this season, and it sounds like he's not. Yep, doesn't um, look like it. So, yeah, it, uh, the big thing I need to keep an eye out and for everyone else to keep an eye out on is if Blake Corm is going to suit up in this game. It's, if he is, see, yeah, this is the problem with recording a little early. Yeah, seems like he's going to, he was delivering turkeys. Um, to he uses NIL money to deliver like 300 turkeys to local people, um, which is awesome, but he didn't look like he had too much pain there. Um, so hopefully, for Michigan's sake, I mean, even a, a, as a neutral, um, you want the best players to play. Like, I wish Smith and Jigbo was in, uh, I wish Corum was in. So, ho- hopefully, we see Corum at least. Um, but yeah, like you said, if, if, if Michigan doesn't have Blake Corum, we saw it in the Illinois game, they're in trouble. Yeah, um, that's a big key, and I, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with the fact that he didn't go back in the game last weekend just to, for precautionary reasons, and they're just playing close to the chest. Um, I'm gonna say Blake Corm's gonna shoot up in this game, and I'm going to say that, that this is going to be Michigan's gonna win this game again. Um, I think Jim Ball, Jim Harbaugh, kind of has Ryan Day's number right now, and I think they're it's gonna be a physical game, just like. Um, Tulane Cincinnati, I think I think it's going to be close, and I think the Wolverines are going to win again close. Yeah, I. That way we can get Ohio State out of here. Yeah, I mean, it, it, that's kind of where I'm leaning as well. Like, I do think like this seven and a half point spread feels pretty big to me. Uh, it just feels like no matter who wins, it's going to be within like a field goal. Um, but at the same time. Stroud, Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, I mean, Trevion Henderson has that speed too that I just don't know if Michigan can quite match. Uh, 
I don't know. Just to be, just be opposite of you, I'm going to say Ohio State. I'm going to say the passing attack uh, is successful. Hold on. Let me – before I say that, let's check the weather forecast for Columbus on Saturday. Uh, I think that's a – because if it's all snowy and it, it looks like the, the Bill Stadium did uh, this weekend, mm-hmm. I think that really favors Michigan. Looks like we've got some potential light rain on Saturday. 52 huh? degrees, light wind. No, yeah, I'll, I'll stick with that pick. Just, just to be on the opposite side, I'll take the Buckeyes here. Um, Kill yourself. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Quorum's health and McCarthy just, I don't know if he can play. Like, he just really, really struggles throwing the ball. And like I said, if they got to come back, I just don't know if he can do it. Yeah, I've seen enough from Ohio State this year to safely say if Michigan can run the ball effectively, this game is going to be in Michigan's favor. But yeah, CJ uh, Stroud yeah. could easily show up and be like, I'll just hold back. I was just holding back all year. We're good. Yeah. Like I said, you know, they haven't played a perfect game this season, and it would just be very unbranded for them to be like, oh, you thought we were dead? Just kidding. Mm-hmm. Um, like they did a few years ago. They lost to Virginia Tech and then won the national championship. They were like, yeah, we were, just, we were staying back in a little bit, keeping things fresh. Yeah. All right. Our next game is Oregon, Oregon State, and Civil War. Um, this is a big one for not only state bragging rights, but I, I can't think of the last time both these teams were ranked for this game. Oregon is 12, Oregon State is 23. I mean, that's the rankings come out in about an hour. Um, it's a big game. I mean, it's, yeah, it's, we're, we're, uh, it, it's, it's got bigger implications, I think, for Oregon just so they can get that Pac 12 title berth. Um, Unless, uh, I yeah. guess, is, is Oregon State also fighting for that as well? I should have looked that up. No, this is more if Oregon loses, then Washington can get okay. in with a win, I believe. Yeah, but <clears throat> with that said, I think Oregon's going to roll over the Beavers in this game. Um, just because, you know, they moved the ball pretty decently with Bo Nix even hobbled, and, you know, he had another week to shore up that injury, and they're fighting for a Pac-12 title game on the berth. Just give me the ducks here. Yeah, yeah, I I agree. I Yeah, I just like Bo Nix too much. I know his health is a question mark. I think that's part of the reason why the spread is only three here. But, yeah, I think Oregon has too much talent just on the defensive side of the ball as well. Noah Sewell. Um, what's that other kid's name? Justin Flo. Uh, Flo, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That kid is really good, and I think that's going to make a big difference. Um for the Ducks here. Yeah, so just something to watch. I thought Oregon would be favored by a bit more in this game. Mm-hmm. Uh, only three points. To miss. I think that's one to watch, especially since your classic 3-30 rivalry game, um, the Iron Bowl, looks like it's going to be a stinker. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm just for no other reason, just for my own selfish reasons, I'm so glad Alabama has two losses. I cannot watch this Alabama team two, three more times in the no, SEC championship game or, or, no, or the play, like. I just they're they're very unpleasant to watch. Yes. Um. Okay. All right. It's the big one. What can you say? This one has major major playoff implications. Um, it's USC. It's Notre Dame. It's at USC. Um, Even USC bigger implications big. for the Jewel Shalele. Ooh, very true. Mm-hmm. Um. USC is five and a half point favorites. This kicks off at 7.30 on ABC. This is sort of your focus of the night. Um, there's not really any big games at this time. 
unless LSU manages to blow it against A&M, which would be very funny. So this is the game that everyone's going to be watching. This is the big one. Um, I mean, let, let's just – there's basically two big questions here. I'll, I'll start with the first one. Can Notre Dame stop Caleb Williams and Jordan Addison? Uh, per, I do not. I don't mean, maybe. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, U.S. or uh, Notre Dame has won five straight after a pretty bumpy beginning to Marcus Freeman's tenure as a coach. Um, they seem to. I thought fun. anything went wrong. <laughs> uh, no, okay. We'll just forget about it. Everything. Um, okay. They seem to have found a rhythm on both sides of the ball. Um, I, it's defensively they're pretty sound right now. Caleb Williams is a Heisman front runner. Uh, Jordan Addison's pretty damn good. Ah, man, this is a tough one to think about. I, I wanted like I really I, I love chaos. And, uh, it would be so great if Notre Dame wins this game. It would just be fantastic. Um, yeah, I th- I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I don't think USC is going to blow Notre Dame out of the water in this game. No, I, yeah, I, I think because I think what it's fair to ask is like, has Notre Dame faced a quarterback wide receiver duo like this, an offense that's explosive? And you could argue, I mean, don't listen to our dud section. Um, Drake May and Josh Downs from yes, Florida. yes, maybe not quite to this level. I, I think you could say that Williams and Addison are, are better. I so, think Williams and Addison are number one, and Drake May and Josh Downs are number two, in my opinion. Yeah. So Notre Dame does have some experience with that, and they handled North Carolina pretty effectively, a team that's honestly built very similar to USC, very good offense, very bad defense. Um, but I think the question that's maybe even more fair to ask is, like, has USC played a defense like this? Um, their best defense they've played is Oregon State's, and that's the game they only scored 17 points in. Mm-hmm. So I think – I don't know. I mean, that that's just such a question is, like, it's been quite a while since they played that game. That was like week three or week four, I want to say. So um, it's it's easy to be like, oh, they played one defense and they did bad. But it, it's been a while for them. Like, I think it's pretty reasonable to say that the defense could have, like, very much improved. Um, so – Could be an assist. You take Notre Dame out, right, baby? Oh, I'm not – I'm not – I'm not <laughs> – <laughs> um, yeah, so Notre Dame's defense by SP plus standards is uh, top 25. And, yeah, Oregon State's is, is also top 25. So pretty similar there um, in terms of the, the strength of the defense there. So that's a question mark to me. I mean, that's what a lot of this game comes down to um, is I don't think you can stop Williamson Aston, but if you can slow them down, if Notre Dame can hold USC like under 30, something like that, I think I feel pretty good about the Irish. Um, but I mean, I think, I think that's such a big talking point is like, can they slow down Caleb Williams? Like no one's been able to do it, but on the flip side, can USC stop Notre Dame? Um, well, like has USC faced an offensive line with the size, the skill and the experience of this Notre Dame team, they make Clemson look like a Mac team. And that Clemson front seven is basically all NFL players. Yeah. Um, so that for me, I mean, you know, I'm taking the Irish straight up, baby. I'm, I'm doing it, but I wonder, and I feel like this might just be my fan hat. It, do you think there's a possibility as a neutral 
that Notre Dame beats their ass like they did to Clemson. Oh, I would. I, I don't. I want that. I want that real bad. Um, <laughs> <laughs> clamoring for it. Um, yes. Yeah, I, I just think – I don't think that USC is going to be held down on offense as much as Clemson was because, I mean, DJ Uyangale, that Clemson wide receiver court, not very good. Uh, Clemson offensive line is not very good, but – I do think we could see a situation where USC only scores like 20 points and Notre Dame scores 40 something because just right, like basically running a Navy offense, they'd run the ball 57 times and have four screen passes to Michael Mayer. Mm-hmm. I, so I, I don't know. It's, it's hard for me. I feel like I've got my family <laughs> on. I'm, I'm going with the Notre Dame fighting Irish. I think they're going to pull the upset. I think this is going to be a classic game. Like, just picture the scene from Goodfellas. Tommy DeVito's going to the house. He's about to become a made man. USC is walking right in. He's like, ah, yeah, where is everybody? Whacked. Drew Pine. Notre Dame's behind him with a gun to his head. Um, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, as a fan, I, I'm taking Notre Dame. I also just think USC is fraudulent. Like, it, here's another thing. What if Notre Dame just doesn't turn the ball over? just because of the law of averages. We just see some regression to the mean. And the turnover margin is one nothing Notre Dame. Is mm-hmm. USC capable of winning a game where they don't have a, pl- a turnover margin of plus five? <laughs> you we'll know? Find out. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. It, if it, if, it, let's, yeah, if Notre Dame wins the turnover battle, they're going to win this game. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think so. Yeah. If Pine – and I, I don't think Pine has to be Notre Dame's best player, but he can't be their worst. Yes, agreed. I think that's the best way to to, to sum. Um, so yeah, I, I like Notre Dame here. Um, I like Notre Dame to ruin USC season, or oh, what a shame that would be. I hate to, I just hate to see the Trojans eliminated. Be a real bummer for me. All right, those are the big games. I mean, obviously, almost every single game has huge rivalry implications. Like it doesn't matter if Clemson, South Carolina is not looking like um, it's going to matter too much for the playoff. South Carolina wants to win that game real bad, for example. Um, Michigan State, Penn State. I mean, it, it goes up and down the list. But, Patrick, just give me one under-the-radar game. Mm, I'm probably going to go with Wake Forest-Duke. Two 7-4 seven, seven teams going at it. Um, I think that'll be a fun game to watch. Um, a 330 slate that isn't other than, you know, the Iron Bowl. Something to keep an eye on, I guess. There's just there's way too many good games. I, if, if I could, I'd pick like half UTEP, UTSA, easy as always, mm-hmm. a fun one. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I don't. There's a lot of pick. I, I'm gonna stick with they are, um, Wake Forest, uh, Duke. Yeah, I'm gonna go with the Apple Cup, Washington, Washington State, um, nine and two, Washington. Like we said, they could still get into the Pac-12 championship. Also, this game kicks off at ten thirty. I think this we're looking, Washington is only a two point favorite. I think we're looking at some prime Pac-12 after dark to take last us one of the year, baby. Yeah, last take, one of the year. That's what's gonna end the regular season. Um, there's an 11, 11 o'clock BYU Stanford game as well, but Stanford sucks. Don't subject yourself to that. Um, I think the beautiful Washington, Washington State Apple Cup send you off to Dreamland and, and into and into conference championship week. I think that's one that's gonna be a lot of fun to watch. Um, Kansas, Kansas State, that's something I mean, when was the last time both those teams were good at the same time? Um, probably never. 
Um, and also, I think LSU could beat Texas A&M by about 40. I think uh, – You te- would hope. You would hope. I think Texas A&M is going to get punched in the mouth and start making business decisions Yeah, quick. Um, yeah. It's, I think they're going to be like, you know, maybe that $83 million isn't too bad. Yeah. Let's <laughs> go ahead and get him out of here. Yeah. Or however the obscene amount he's out. Yeah. All right, let's get to some listener questions and get you out of here. Favorite Thanksgiving side comes from our friend Mike Turner. What do you got, Ned? I got stuffing. It's nothing better it's, than the classic. Uh, yeah, it's, it's nothing better than the classic. I mean, there's some other good ones there. Um, I do make like a mean double garlic mashed potatoes that are just Ooh. very, very good. Um, I do like green bean casserole a lot. There's, there's no like real hate, but stuffing when done really well, it's just elite. Yeah, you want to throw some chorizo in there? Ooh, um, I can't eat it. I have a, an allergy, unfortunately, but, a, you know, a nice oyster one. Ooh. Yeah, that's pretty good. Pretty nice. There's, there's a, lot of, a lot of versatility with stuffing. Yeah, yeah. All right, top three rivalry trophies from our friend Michael. Um, for me, I love the golden egg in the egg bowl. Um, just yeah, that's a good one. Egg. Yeah. Um, Minnesota, Iowa, Floyd of Rosedale, which is just a giant pig. I mean, what's not to like? What's more Big Ten West than that? I'll tell you what's more Big Ten West. My favorite, uh, the Paul Bunyan's axe in Minnesota, Wisconsin. That is a big-ass axe. Yeah, that was going to be one of mine, too. This, it, it, it whenever is. they win, they just sprint over and just start, like, wielding this giant axe. And I'm just yeah. like, that's just disaster waiting to happen. I love it. Um, yeah, that, that that's definitely one of my favorite Um uh, I, I, I like the wagon wheel with Kent State and Akron. This is a yeah. giant wagon wheel that they just carry around. Um, uh, oil can, Francis. It's just an oil can. Fresno yeah. State and San Diego State. Like, there's so many. Just like the the list can go on and on. Um, <clears throat> it's. I think those are probably my three that I like. I mean, I think Paul Bunyan's axe is probably a lot of people's number one. It's just an absurdly large axe. Yeah, and the joy they all the players get—they just run across the field if, if they're, if, you know, if they break a streak, and they just rip that thing out of its carrying case and like we got a giant axe. It, 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 there's so many funny things that this pass off as trophies. Like, there's so many boots. To the, yeah. you know what? There's too many boots. Too many boots. Yeah. Um, TCU SMU's is straight up a cast iron skillet with a nameplate in the middle of it. I mean, that's great. Uh, Makes me want to cook up the steak now we're talking about it. Um, All right. So our friend Steve asks, maybe the question I was born to answer, please describe each of the top 10 teams as a Thanksgiving dish. I'm going to start from number 10. Um, This is the latest AP rankings. Number 10, Oregon. It's pumpkin pie. It's been here for a while. It's never going to elevate itself to the main course, and it's great late night. Number nine. Tennessee, gravy. It started off hot, but now it's gone cold and lumpy. Uh, Number eight, Alabama, the sweet potatoes with marshmallows. Nasty. I'm sick of looking at it. Don't understand why people are still going on about that. Okay. All right. Number seven, green bean casserole. Not as strong as it once was, but if they they win the ACC, they're going to find their way back onto the main table somehow. Uh, LSU is cranberry sauce. You blew right by it at first. You knew it was no damn good. 
But hey, it's it's late on Friday. You need something for that leftover sandwich slash SEC title game, and it's looking better and better. Yep. Uh, USC is ham. Something that was co- more common a while ago, and something, frankly, America has moved past the need for. I don't want to see it anymore. Beat it. Uh, TCU is mac and cheese. Not everyone believes it should be there, but you know what? I want it at my table. It can't keep getting away with how good it is. Yeah. Michigan, stuffing, they're old school, a classic, and I'm a big fan. And I think it might even upstage the turkey this year. And that turkey, that turkey is Ohio State. It's a little dry, a little overrated, but hey, it's a big brand name for a reason. Number one, Georgia, they're mashed potatoes, baby. They're, they're a powerhouse. They're undeniable. Everyone wants them. Everyone wants to be them. <laughs> That's perfect. The great, great top ten right there. Yeah, I was. I, I got that. My eyes went completely black. I started levitating off, the, and it just like all came out of me. <laughs> <laughs> he came to, and the list is right there. Oh, yeah. God. Um. All right. So that's the episode for the week. Um. I've said it before, uh, and, I'll, and I'll say it again. This is the best week of the season. Um. Every game matters to somebody. Um. Someone's going to win that big-ass axe. They're going to win that old boot. They're going to win that cast-iron skillet. Um, and that's what makes college football so great. Um, enjoy the time with your family, uh, or not with your family if that's what you're into. Enjoy your time with the food. Um, if you're not into the Thanksgiving food, please unsubscribe to this podcast, and then resubscribe and unsubscribe again. Um, yeah, so just enjoy it. And, hey, this is our last full college football weekend. Conference championships next week, obviously, but – um, this is the last go round, so take a moment, maybe Saturday around two o'clock, take a deep breath. Let remind yourself of why you do this and uh, enjoy the games, everyone. Yeah, go dogs.